Uh, we're, yeah. we're we're upsetting so many Star Wars fans right now. Um, the the other thing is is you I mean, Force Awakens the best one, so that's like well, where no, I, I mean that's all my that's knowledge goes. No competition. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David, and this is Alan, and I finally watched Animal Kingdom. So we did not explain in our last episode when we did the Kingdom that I just had the idea to do four episodes in a row, a month of episodes with the name Kingdom in them. Um, and the only reason for that is not very well thought out. It's just that I love the movie, the kingdom animal kingdom is one of my, one of my favorites. And then, um, I really want to watch kingdom of heaven, the director's cut. Uh, and so that's why we're doing this. There's nothing else special about it. Well, your idea, your idea is so poorly thought out that it took us about an hour and a half to, (laughs) to think of a fourth kingdom titled movie um thank god but, for moonrise which you know i i obviously googled to try to find one that, um that is not moonrise kingdom not that there's an issue with moonrise kingdom but there is literally unless you want to go like real indie or like like no one has ever heard or given a fuck about so a lot of, so a lot of asian movies with the word kingdom in it that that are just not mainstream enough for us to do or some like animated well, I never I never heard of any of them. Exactly. So uh we're stuck with Moonrise Kingdom. Stuck with. Gladly. Um I saw Animal Kingdom in theaters. This was like while I was in law school and I went and saw a lot of things. Um I mean you I had was, a lot of you had a lot of time to kill. Yeah, I didn't do much didn't do much during that time um and i was very blown away by this movie um i really liked it and i kind of knew that it was kind of one that i should pay attention to i can't remember if i saw it before or after um jackie weaver who plays the mom slash grandma on this she was nominated for an oscar for this it's the only nomination that's got um and Damn. so I can't remember if that's why I heard about her or if I watched it before and then she got nominated. But I really loved this movie, except I was very like you when I asked you how you felt about it, you're like, very good, depressing as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I felt the same way, really only because of one part that we'll talk about. But I still thought it was great. But I actually, in watching it this time, had a much better appreciation for it, even than when I saw it the first time. Like, I think it's kind of almost like a masterpiece now watching it again, because there's so many like little subtle things in it. I think it's just a very well thought out movie, even if there's some things that I think I maybe wanted to explain more, but, you know, maybe didn't need to be explained. Alon, what did you think? The floor is mine. Um, you know, when you said there's one depressing scene that kind of makes this overall movie depressing, I think I know which one you're talking about, but I can think of three. And if I keep thinking about it, there's probably way more. Um, you know, the only, the only animal kingdom that I've heard of was the television show, um, the, like the Americanized version of it which is kind of the first thing i said when you suggested us doing this i was like 
wasn't that a show? Then you had to school me and tell me that it was an Australian movie first. Um, I, you know, I do this. I, it was inevitable that after I watched the film, I had to watch at least the first episode of the show. Um, I'll tell you what, it's, it's not a repeat of Friday night lights. It's, it's just right off the bat based on the first episode, the movie is a million times better, more thought out, more well-paced. Um, I understand that it's like, um, it's different formats, obviously, but just for an example, for the show, the first episode is about 45 minutes long and it tries to shoehorn every major line verbatim in the entire movie into the first episode to the point where it's like these characters are these characters that are nothing like the original characters from the movies are saying these lines that just make no goddamn sense or like they're saying these lines completely out of context and i was like i hate american adaptations to things because it's just so like warped you know well, not to defend the show because I've never watched it and don't really plan on it, but you also could, if it's a pilot that they were trying to sell, then they may have been trying to cram a bunch of stuff in it just to get it sold. I don't know how it, it worked with that particular show. Um, and also, I'm, like I said, I have no desire to watch the show. I well, I mean, haven't... you're not you're not missing anything. And and even if it was a pilot that designed to sell the show, which I accept, that makes a lot more sense. The fact that the show is at least, I don't know, I think four or five seasons long, and this movie is like right around the two hour mark is crazy to me. I was like, how do you expand this? Um, but I feel like, and we'll talk about it when we get talk about the end of the movie. Um, I feel like you could justify a sequel for this movie and it would make complete sense as another film um but yeah no i mean i i like this film uh has one of my favorite actors ben Men, uh, mendelson in it um he's just about great in anything he does um so as soon i didn't know he was in it until he popped up in the film so i was like i was like oh shit he it's poked about- up <laughs> he poked his head out um and i was like oh shit this is gonna get brutal because the only thing I've seen him in, um, that not not the only thing I've seen him, but the first it's thing like I've he's seen, your favorite, but you've seen him in one other. No, thing. no, 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 no. <laughs> the first thing I saw him in was the Netflix original show Bloodline, and there's so many comparisons to his character in Animal Kingdom and his character in Bloodline, and I could tell right off the bat that this was kind of his zone. And I just thought to myself, I was like, oh, shit, things are about to get like way brutal in this movie. Yeah, I so for me, this is the first time that I ever saw Ben Mendelsohn. It's the first time that I ever saw Joel Edgerton that I can remember, but I've obviously since then i like went back and i'm like oh okay so he was in the second and the third star wars like very quickly he was in smoke and aces um he had been in some other stuff and then after this i'd watched a movie that he wrote and tried to get produced in australia called the square joel which joel edgerton what was he in star wars 
He was Anakin's or he was um Anakin's like brother or something. He you was mean like uncle. I get, but the uncle dies. So is or no, yeah, yeah. So his uncle. Well, no, he would have been. Yeah, he would have been Anakin's uncle. I guess. Yeah, you're right. Oh, we're yeah. we're we're upsetting so many Star Wars fans right now. Um, the the other thing is is you I mean, Force Awakens the best one, so that's like well, where no, I, I mean that's all that's my knowledge goes. No competition. Um, <laughs> the the uh, uh, somewhere well, hold on. The, somewhere you in interrupted the distance, my you interrupted my train of thought. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Say, you, you saw Warrior too, right? Warrior came out after this. Oh, did it? Okay, Warrior was 2011. Yeah, the point I was trying to make is so, and he. As I, was, as I was doing it aside about the movie The Square that he like wrote and tried to get made, um, I guess someone related to him named Nash Edgerton directed it. The only thing I remember about that movie, I had one of my friends watch it with me because she's very interested in watching movies that she had never heard of. And we're watching it and there's this dog who jumps in this, in this like body of water to swim across it to get to another dog. And as it's swimming, a shark just comes up and fucking eats the dog. And she just turns to me. She's like, I fucking hate this movie. Why would you make me watch this? I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, um, but why? As, like, huh? Was it a shark movie? No, just the thing that happened in the movie. Okay. It's called The Square. I don't remember. The point of all of this, what I was trying to make is, this is the first time I'd seen Joel Edgerton. This is the first time I'd seen Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, this is the first time I'd seen Jackie Weaver. And then Sullivan Stapleton that plays Craig in this. Like so many people besides Guy Pierce that I did not know. And even though Joel Edgerton had a career before this, and then Ben Mendelsohn did too, to an extent, he was in... Um, Australia and knowing which I saw Australia and I liked, I haven't seen knowing, but I know what happens in the end. Um, Their careers, I think were like blown up because of this movie. And it kind of makes sense because uh, this is like a very well-received movie at that time, even though you hadn't heard of it, I guess the, like the Australian version of the Oscars, this was like the most nominated film ever. I definitely at that time. And I think probably still, uh, Quentin Tarantino said that this was his third favorite movie of the year behind The Social Network and Toy Story 3. That's so, sadistic son of a bitch. And, and you think about it, so Joel Edgerton was like, he had a pretty good acting career, but since then has just blown up. And he, he probably doesn't get the warrior role because of Animal Kingdom, because, just because of the way like filming works out. He may have gotten that without Animal Kingdom. But like he blew up, Ben Mendelsohn blew up, Jackie Weaver has a bunch of like parts in like American movies now. And then even the guy who plays Craig went on to do the second 300 movie and then Gangster Squad, which Gangster Squad was terrible. But it did create all these careers. And I think that's really cool. Speaking of Joel Edgerson blowing up, um, back to the movie. Um, Wow. By the... the yeah, you like that? Um, by the way, when you mentioned Gangster Squad, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> when you mentioned Gangster Squad, someone on Twitter asked um, when they didn't really ask, they mostly told that their opinion was that Ryan Gosling for the last 20 years had had almost a perfect um, 
career in which in all of his films that he's been a part of have been like winners and then i'm the son of a bitch that has to mention gangster squad (laughs) in the in the comments i wonder if gangster squad didn't have to be refilmed because of the colorado movie theater shooting if it would have been a good movie i doubt it because honestly all of it kind of sucked for me and i was super excited to see that movie but i do wonder would it have been a little bit better because you can't blame ryan gosling because he's been in a bunch of great stuff and you can't blame emma stone and you can't blame them together because of la la land so also why did they have to reshoot because of that shooting there was a scene in which a bunch of guys pop out of the back of a screen and shoot up a movie theater to kill so, one guy. So you literally have to change one screen, one, one, one scene. It was the climactic scene. <laughs> oh, well, maybe a little bit of work around on that. Um, the, the thing that, and I don't know if this is the quote unquote depressing part that you were talking about, but I really like Joel Edgerson's character in, in animal kingdom. See, now we're, we're talking about the movie. We, told everyone we were going to talk about. Um, I oh, really is that liked, what we're doing here? Yeah, 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 that's exactly. I really liked his character. His character is probably the one that I kind of felt most attached to, like the relatable. Absolutely. Um, I could not connect with the the main character just Jay. because, yeah, just, uh, well, we'll get onto that. But it's so sad how he leaves the movie so quickly and now it's like oh crap now i have to be rooting for someone else and it can't be ben middleson even though i really want it to be so really you just got to root against ben Mendelssohn is what you end up doing you're like you're not for anybody you're just against him which True. uh if you, if you do it that way you get paid off in the end it, it actually works for all of his movies yeah well, real quick, as more of a global conversation before we get started, do you think, so in my opinion, I think the only good character in this is Guy Pierce. Oh, as like a good morally Like a good, character? yeah, moral good person. I mean, uh, you could sort of make the argument for um, Joel Edgerton's character, like that he's not, like he is committing crimes, but he's like, they're money crimes. He's not hurting anybody. Um, but I mean, still, he's he's a, he's a bank robber. I don't know that any other sort of major character is a good person. Um, you could say maybe the girlfriend. I just don't think she's established enough to really know. And she does a lot of stupid stuff, honestly. <laughs> yes. Uh, but also, she's a teenager with like little to no responsibility. And in that sense, it's like what... What is her moral ground? We we don't really even get that. Um, spoiler alert: she dies, and when she does, I felt more bad for the parents than I actually felt bad for her. Um, so that's how much I really cared about her. I cared about who her death of the people affected around her more than the fact that she's gone. Um, if uh, if I'm not mistaken, it didn't really now it the story as like a quick recap is this guy, Jay, his mom ODs and dies and he has to move in with his estranged family with his grandmother and three, four 
uncles, right? Um, yeah. It is established way better in the show that they are bank rob- robbers because we actually see them rob a jewelry store or, you know, robbers in general. We don't get to see them in action in this movie, do we? <laughs> uh, no. And one of the, so two things. One, apparently there's like a, the first cut of this was like two and a half hours. And I don't really know if that was like a rough cut or what, or if that would have been, I'd be interested to watch it. Um, but two, like right as he was finishing editing this, the director was like, yeah, we need to add some shit in here for the bank robbery stuff. So like the stills in the beginning, as they're doing the, uh, the credits, you know, the stills of bank robbers that was added in. And then the voiceover from Jay is added in to explain it a little more. Great. Um, I, I mean, I get it. And I also don't, I don't really have a problem with not showing that stuff. I think there are a lot of smart choices of things not to show here. I mean, you've seen bank robberies like dozens and dozens of times in movies. So of course, but for the longest time before I watched the show, and then I was like, oh, were they bank robbers in the movie? I really thought they were drug dealers. You weren't paying enough attention to the narration. It explained it all for you. Um, back to the the beginning of this though, the way that he's just watching deal or no deal as his mom's laying there, and then the medics show up and he's like Oh uh, yeah, I think she OD'd as he's still just like paying attention to the TV, like really establishes who he is. And then you immediately get the grandma to comes in and establishes who she is. Like neither of them really gave a shit about this lady that died, her daughter, his mom. This character, Jay really felt emotionally stunted to a level where I thought like there's some mental handicap to him um and i don't know i i'm still on the fence of being like yeah he is or maybe he's just severely emotionally stunted but throughout the whole movie it was really hard to to pin him as the main character as this like relatable guy that i'm supposed to be like rooting for just because his reaction to things were so droll and dismal that I was just like, why? If he doesn't give a fuck, why do I give a fuck? Uh, yeah, I can see that. I, um, it's hard to tell if he's a good actor from this. He's done a bunch of stuff since this. So yes and no. Um, I think towards the end, he really, and maybe that's the whole point of the movie is towards the end, his character and his acting chops really come out to light. Um, and that's, I guess you could argue that that's his arc um, in the movie. But I was like, I'd like to, I, I would have liked to see something, some semblance of semblance of emotion in the beginning, but whatever. Well, he's, he's a very internal character. I actually, um, I did read somewhere where the director wanted like a much smaller person, but when he cast him, he kind of worked with that. And I think especially for the ending, it really works, which we'll talk about when we get there, but. I like that he's not a smaller person. I like yeah. kind of how big and kind of dumb he, <laughs> big dumb kind of guy he looks, because that's the kind of guy that could go either way. And I think that actually worked. So in the next scene, we meet his uncles and he's narrating it. And basically, you get Baz, who is Joel Edgerton, is the leader. You know, Darren is one of the bank robbers with him. Uh, Craig deals drugs, which we find out in a second. Uh, and then Andrew P- 
Pope is gone. Um, and then also you just get the super, super weird kiss on the lips from the grandma to uh, Darren. Or no, she, to Craig. Yeah. To Darren later. Um, she's she's fucking her sons, right? No. Are you not. sure? <laughs> no, she's not. And so this is loosely based on, it's based on a bunch of different crimes in Australia, but it's based on one family and the matriarch is still alive. And she took umbrage with the movie and specically she's like, I never fucking kissed my boys on the lips. <laughs> Just really, to be clear. <laughs> really gave a strong incest vibe to this yeah i don't know it was a very passionate kiss i was it was fucking weird it's well no because even jay even jay looked at it like okay uh weirdos you know i think it's mostly supposed to establish like she's the boss she's the boss this weird relationship that they all have but yeah how they all answer to her but what's funny is i don't know if you see do you see Joel Edgerton kiss her on the lips? I no, can't remember. You don't. Right. And so it, it is funny how she has this control over Craig and Darren. And for some of the movie, Jay a little bit. And even but Pope. Like, but Pope, no. No, you don't think so? I think uh, all a right. little bit. But like towards the end when he's in jail and when he's like, what the fuck are you going to do? Like he doesn't really respect her as much. And then uh joel edgerton baz for sure no he's like i'm the leader and no i don't i ain't kissing you on the fucking lips lady it's like so uh we also do as i mentioned get established in this scene that one of his uncles is missing because apparently well in this scene and then in the scene with the drug cop later uh his uncle craig is basically dealing drugs and getting the drugs through a, a cop um that the the arm there's like a there's a certain unit in the police that deals with armed robberies and apparently these guys are just fucking thugs and they're gonna try and kill pope because they know they can't get any charges stick to stick so they're like you know so pope knows he's gonna get shot and he's running and all the other you know this drug cop tells like all the other brothers like hey keep your heads down for now and it this movie is very interesting because like of all the cops there is one good cop in this entire movie and it's Guy Pierce, but even he's like completely unaware about all these bad people he works with. Well, it's either, and you can speak of this, but it's either unaware or like willfully blind to it. Yeah. I mean, if it's willfully blind, that kind of makes more sense just because like, Oh, every cop in my, um, sanction or whatever is corrupt and i can't like stick out or else i'll be like put down right because if he doesn't comply but the thing is though is that i thought watching this movie one of the big twists of this film was going to be guy pierce is bad right yeah i didn't well i don't know what i thought the first time i I do. I don't think he felt the need to to like protect himself from these people. I think he was unaware or like purposely blind or whatever about it. Because like, so you have the drug cop, right? And then you have the armed robbery cops. He's basically like a murder detective. Like he he's a detective only on murders. So he's right. and he's like he's high up. 
So I feel like he probably feels he's a little untouchable if he even knows about these guys. But like, there's two scenes that I'm really talking about of where, where is his head at? He comes in when Jay is in Jay's sleeping in a hotel in like kind of witness protection. And he wakes up and one of the cops who has never spoken before is looking at him. And he's like, are you scared of me? Like you fucking should be. And like has the gun sitting there almost like daring him to try and do something. Right. And, uh, Guy Pierce walks in, he sees this and he kind of gives a look and he's like, well, what the fuck is going on here? And he's like, all right, Jay, you need to come outside with me. And then they have this kind of talk and you're like, all right, well, you saw, you saw what just happened in that room. And then the other thing is when the drug cop basically comes to try and kill him and then plays it off as like, oh, well, we just got bad information. We were just doing a raid. But it's like how, I don't know, all those other cops knew something was fucking happening. Like, how do you not know the three, the three people that were standing guard there knew, all right, these fucking cops are coming and they mean business. But then guy Pierce is like, Oh, you're not in danger. It was a mix up. It's like, all right, man, what's going on? Well, especially with that scene. um, And I didn't want to jump too far ahead, but since you are, I will. Um, Especially with that scene, I really thought that they were working up to the point where when Jay comes back and guy Pierce is there, and they go into the room and close the door. There was this angle shot where it was like you were in front of Jay and Guy Pierce was in the background and he's packing, like he's packing his stuff. And yeah. I was like, I know he's the main character, but I'm like, I'm excited to see where this movie really takes it. Like, you know what an expendable main character is? Like you follow this guy through like maybe two thirds of the movie, he gets off or something. And then you kind of follow for the last third of this movie, you kind of follow this different um, different plot thread. Right. I really thought that's what was going to happen. I thought Guy Pierce was going to like just take out a gun right there and just like pop off Jay. I could. I mean, I, I can't see it because I've seen the movie before, but I can understand why you would have thought that. Because because of what I just said, the fact that you don't know. Yeah, exactly. All the other cops are bad. Is Guy Pierce bad, right? And so that could have been the reveal. Um, I really like the scene when the two guys yell at uh, Craig as he's driving and Jay. And Craig just hands him the Jay the gun. He's like, go take care of this. Yeah. And the guy's like, what the fuck, dude? I was, I was just going to talk to him. It like runs off. <laughs> uh, I think it's a good scene. And then the next scene too, like these are kind of just establishing ones, but it's you know, we meet Jay's girlfriend and then Jay and uh, Joel Edgerton are both in the bathroom and Jay starts to walk out. And Joel Edgerton's like, what the fuck are you doing? Do you not wash your hands? He's like, no. And he's like, if your hands go anywhere near your cock or ass, you have to wash them. <laughs> and just like watches him and is like, lather him up. It just kind of establishes that this guy, like he's been raised by a drug dealer. Like he doesn't, he hasn't had a good, or not, sorry, a drug user. He's been raised by like, a heroin addict his whole life um so it's like he doesn't have like a good he didn't have like a good support system or good people teaching him like to fucking wash his hands i also thought that that scene established like a really good power a, a, a very good display of power to joe edgerson's character because the way he told him and instructed him to wash his hands i was like dude and you know his narration kind of says it in in the beginning too is like he is the nicest guy you'll ever meet 
but he will fucking drop you in a matter of seconds if you get in his way. And I, I thought that was a good scene to show that, you know, show his command of, of power. Right. And then after this, uh, Ben Mendelsohn finally shows up and it's like he shows up and Jay drops the bottle and he gets all mad. He's like, you ruined my fucking entrance. I Ben Mendelsohn is like, was that supposed like, to be an Australian accent? Leave me the fuck alone. Ben Mendelsohn's definitely like doing his own thing here. Yeah, he is. It's like he's like, all right, I got like some some social tics I got and like I act weird and like I'm doing all these things like he was making choices, as the actors would say. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely like liked all of it. Um, but yeah. And so then he, he, he's finally showed up. We finally see him and there's just like a big scene about like, Oh, what are we going to do? And I, I love the line of like, Baz is like, Oh, I don't want to go home. T- call the babysitter and tell her I'll give her one K to stay the night. And the wife's like, well, if non nine K a bank robbery is as good as it gets, we can't really afford that. And he's like, yeah, you're fucking right. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> Um, and that, you know, that was um, kind of showing that the wife is scared of Pope, um, Ben Mendelsohn's character. I think really his intro scene, um, we're established that all the characters to some degree are scared of Pope either him himself or like what he could bring down on the family um and he's ben is so great at playing these black sheep characters that it's like it in a way you you feel bad that everyone's leaving him out but then on the other hand you're like fucking terrified of him and i don't know how he does it i think it's just the kind of the, the way he acts so fucking creepy but he does it so well. I agree. And I do think, too, the movie does a good job of establishing his character. Like, the way he comes in is so weird. The way people are uneasy around him, you're like, all right, well, what's up with this? And just establishes that he's a fucking crazy person. Like, and no one wants to be around him. He doesn't make good decisions. Like, he's not the leader. He looks like he's the oldest, but he can't be the leader because... As the mom says later after Joel Edgerton dies, which we're about to talk about, she's like, do you think Baz would have wanted this? Like, do you think he's happy? Like, you fucked up because you started making decisions. No. (laughs) You you need to watch Bloodline um, because it's exactly in the same position in, in, in the fact that he's the oldest, but also seems like the most incompetent, right? He's the Fredo. Um, (laughs) He's the Fredo. Exactly. Um, What's what's funny in this too is you know this movie is called Animal Kingdom, and I'm like, all right, I guess they establish order and they're kind of like a pride of lions, especially like since the movie begins with showing the title in front of like a, a picture, a drawing, or some sort of art piece of of lions, and it makes sense because in a lion pride the female lions is run the show right the matriarchy run runs the show and in this family it does too but i think where this movie really shines where where i get all like artistic bonerific from it right is the slow-mo shots 
And the first one I noticed was when um, Pope and Craig were wrestling on the couch in the, in the scene we're talking about. And it's this, it's done in this like beautiful slow-mo way lit beautifully. Jay is looking on it. Like, I don't know, like emotionless, but whatever. Um, But he's, he's looking upon this and they're fighting and it just seems so raw and animalistic literally like how two animals like you have cats right like how they would like fight each other like a play fighting sort of sort of thing and um there's more parts and i'll bring them up as we go on in the movie where the characters act straight up like lions in in a pride and i think that's like that's where it really brings together the animal kingdom title especially in that scene you're talking about the two brothers fighting over like dominance one's fucking around and it's like it's also like is this play fighting or is this real fighting right like craig probably is playing around but uh pope ben Mendelssohn is taking it a little too far um so yeah i definitely agree with that uh the next scene is the one that you probably found the most depressing joel edgerton goes to the supermarket to meet pope and it's more depressing because he's like, you know, I'm done with robbing. There's too much money. I've started making money in the stock market. You're like, and then when he goes to his car and you see the cops walking up, and you're like, oh, this does not fucking look good. Um, and I actually think this was ruined in the trailer. But they basically are like, gun and just blast him. Um, and I think more than depressing for me, this, this moment just makes me angry. That you just have these like evil people that are supposed to be, you know, the good guys. What you know, I don't want to get into like propaganda or anything, but (laughs) just like someone just completely like not doing what they're supposed to. I don't know, someone in that position just no, no, I mean, you're right, being evil cops inherently are supposed to be the good guys, but you know, um, the. The thing that didn't make sense to me in this scene was that Pope is right there. Isn't the guy that they've been trying to get for like months Pope? Like he's literally right there. And you cannot tell me that they did not see him literally walking out of the store with Baz. No one said they were good cops. So was that, but I mean, they wanted to kill him, right? So why didn't they just off both of them or I, whatever i don't know um and then right after this we get uh jay and his girlfriend you know they've asked to stay over at her parents house they kind of like give them whatever and the next scene jay and his girlfriend are just kind of sitting there with pope just fucking staring at them so weirdly and then like she falls asleep and pope takes her into the bedroom and like oh my god what the fuck are you doing and it's like the all out of love song is playing. And then Jay walks in and watches it. And it's almost like, what's going to happen? He's like, she's beautiful, mate. And you're like, oh, my fucking dude, you're so fucking creepy. Yeah. I, <laughs> Everything I was, about you. I was going to say, if you didn't think there was something off about Pope's character before, you're, you're definitely, definitely sure now. Um, and it's this weird thing where, and, and this is just because of great direction and great acting, but you're like, he wants to have sex with her. 
um and you're in between this like you know this character has little to no morality about him and you you don't know if you're about to step into a rape scene or not um but the fact that jay walks in and he just like yeah she's really beautiful and then just walks away you're just as the audience at least i was i was just like whew, like a big sigh of relief yeah short-lived though um sure and then after this we get this kind of small scene where the grandma is explaining why she didn't talk with her daughter jay's mom for so long right it's this line about she thought you could play the joker whenever you want in a no trump's hand which is like i don't even understand those words combined but just the way she's like and yeah and so because she thought you could do that we didn't talk and it just kind of shows you this like it's like a very small part of like how kind of thuggish this woman is like how just like no nonsense savage she is like i cut off my daughter over an argument about like a card game and we haven't talked in years because of it i don't have a relationship with you because of this did you i know you probably can't remember how you felt or what you thought the first time watching this but it was purposefully done. I, I felt like pinning the grandmother slash mother, whatever you want to call her, as kind of incompetent a little bit in the beginning until uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in more detail, but until she really has to step up um, in the end, towards the end of this movie. But her turn... Right. It's not a character arc because she was always like this. But now the ruse is gone. The veil is lifted. And then we get to see her true colors. And that switch was like, I literally had a rewind. So I was like, wait, that was so sudden. I must have missed something. And I didn't. It was just so sudden that she was like this now. And I was like, okay, fuck, you know? That's why she was nominated. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it more in depth when we get there. So after this, they're at Baz's funeral and Pope and Craig are just outside and they're like staring at the cops. And I'm like, okay, so the cops now, because they got Baz, they're like, all right, well, we're not going to kill Pope right away. We'll like, give it some time. We're just going to like let him stare at us. Yes. Um, and then the scene right after this where... Uh, Darren's wearing like a pink shirt, I guess. And Pope's just like, you know, I don't care if you're gay. If you're gay, you're gay. That's fine. I just want you to tell me. He's like, what are you drinking? He's like, oh, bourbon. He's like, well, why don't you make yourself a gay drink? You can like, you can drink whatever you want. You don't have to be that. Or, and it's just like so fucking weird. And like, I had never before thought like, is he gay? <laughs> but this time watching, I was like, wait, maybe he is. Cause he doesn't the, I don't know. He, he seems to not really address it. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't matter, but that scene also just, it's kind of the first time that we've really established that Darren is submissive to everybody. Yeah. He is the lowest on this totem pole of lions, as you pointed out earlier. Um, and, and the whole theme of this movie and it's really spelled out when Guy Pierce gives his speech to 
uh, Jay a couple of points is we don't know where Jay stands in this hierarchy. And like throughout the movie, we find out because for most of it, you're like, oh, he's pretty weak. And that's even what Guy Pierce says. He's like, you probably think you're strong because you're with these people, but you're not strong. You're really fucking weak because you're a kid and you're only strong because you're protected by them. But now they're gone and you're weak. You're weak as shit, which is like the when this movie ends, that's kind of why I think you think there could be a sequel. And I kind of agree. Um, but just given how sequels work out, it probably wouldn't be very good. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why so many sequels have failed in the past, but there's like a few and I, I can literally count them on my hands that have done well, but then there are millions of movies. Right. So I think there's, a, I think there's a lot that have done well, but there's also, I'd say if percentage wise, it's more likely than not your sequel is going to suck. And that's usually because you're like, you made a ton of money and you're like, all right, well now this has a name. We can just put out shit, cut some money. And we're at least going to make a certain amount back. You know, it's thought of more as a business decision than more of a uh, let's do a really great job on this. I always thought Chamber of Secrets was superior to Sorcerer's Stone anyway. So they're both trash. <laughs> Wait, Although what? very, very accurate to the book, but it really gets good at three. OK, so. well, all right. So next, after this whole are you gay thing that he does he then is like you know talking to i think craig and darren he's like if baz were here he'd have already done something about this uh and he's like if you're scared tell me about it i just want to know if you're scared (laughs) once again um and then you kind of know what's going to happen and then he tells jay to steal a car um but he doesn't really tell him why so jay steals the car and goes over there and they're like all right just stay here and at this point like later on we'll talk about like no alibis were set they didn't talk like okay this is what we're gonna say so when jay gets picked up he's just like well fuck i would i have to come up with this thing about how like oh i just i slept a lot i don't know people were there i think my uncles were there i don't know i was high (laughs) i didn't want to tell you that but anyway they you then get this perspective of these two cops and you know exactly what's going to happen and apparently this was like a famous case where two police officers were gunned down like this it's super it's super sad this scene because you you haven't seen these cops do anything bad so it's trying to show you that they're they may be these may be good cops it also is like this movie had built up some like equity and some like you like this family of bank robbers you sympathize for them these cops just murdered one of them for no reason because they couldn't make a bank robbery case right and if they had gone and found some of the armed robbery division cops and gunned them down, you would have been like, fuck yeah. Instead, they get two random cops investigating a broken down car. They literally shoot down super young beat cops who have absolutely nothing to do with this. Um, And also, we forgot to mention, what makes Joel Edgerson's death so much more sadder is that he's the only one with a wife and a child. Right. And well, Craig had a wife, but they're separated. It's all good, mate. <laughs> they're friends. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it, yeah. So it absolutely that part made it sadder. But then this too, it's like you felt bad for them and they're like, all right, well, you're fucking idiot. And then that's obviously purposeful from the movie because they want the movie wants you to realize, all right, like the ones that are left are not good. Like you, you see Jay's face when he is over at his girlfriend's house and he notices that the car on the news is the car that he jacked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the scene where the cops raid 
and it's like completely silent with just like instrumental music playing is very awesome like as jay's just sort of sitting there oh yeah and then yeah. They, they come up from behind and pope is just sitting there know it's knowing it's happening like all right there's up what he's doing there's a scene that i want to talk to you before that happens in which um it's a it's right before that um it's a conversation that he that jay's having with pope and it's just this thing where pope is like hey you know your mom and i were close and um you can talk to me about anything you know like if you're scared you can talk to me about it and it's just this kind of this like out of anyone else's mouth you'd be like oh that's nice but because it's pope you're just like what is his angle and you come to find out that pope's biggest fear is being flipped on by one of his family members yeah well really his fear is death and the cops right like getting him which would lead to his death so he's basically uh fuck anybody else i i'm out for me well he he's learned very quickly and i don't think any of the other characters kind of hold this as dear as he does is that his family is his weakness and he knows it he you know if if you're going to be put down by anyone it's going to be the people that know all of your dirty secrets and in this case it's his it's his family except i i truly believe the only one he he believes he can trust is his mom um right right uh after this we get jay's interrogation where he's like i was home i fell asleep so i fell asleep because you know i was i was smoking weed i'm sorry and then he's like well i heard craig crying uh after my brother died he's like well how was he crying <laughs> he just like puts his hands over his eyes and does the like <laughs> the crying thing you do and i was just like oh my god why did you even ask that question um and then after this, we get the mom basically, as I said earlier, yelling at, at Pope, like, why the fuck did you do this? Like, you think you think Baz would be happy about this? And then this is when the inkling starts of like, can we trust Jay? Because they're like, well, where the fuck is Jay? And there's like, oh, is he still being interrogated? What did he, you know, what did they tell him? I think it's it's not spelled out, but I think it's purposeful that the cops are trying to play Jay against the rest of the family. Um, you know, holding him in the interrogation room for longer. So it makes it look like he's telling them things. So it drives a division and then Jay has to come to them, which is also like, it's one of the things that's super fucking dangerous for them to do to somebody. Cause it's like before they, they could get killed before they turn and give you anything, you know, not only is Jay the, the weakest link, but you know, he's the newest link and the cops know this. So um, we have this scene uh, kind of intermittently throughout the film of him going over to his girlfriend's house. You establish this like, and you even have scenes with his girlfriend and her parents just alone, like her her mom giving her parental advice or whatever, and her dad being a dad. Um, you have this dinner scene with her brother and Jay comes over and stuff like that. 
And it's just the entire time I went, I'm like, why do, why do they want us to care so much about this like third party family? Well, you know why. I know why. Um, the next scene where we get Craig going to hide out, like everyone else has been interviewed and he, you know, he tells, uh, the mom tells Craig like, hey, go, uh, just go and get interrogated, right? And he's like, no, fuck that. I'm not doing it. And he goes to a friend's house and then he's work- He's using a police uh, scanner and then he picks up the own conversation or he picks up the barking of the dogs. He's like, well, what the fuck? So then he checks and he finds a wire. And so because he finds this wire, the cops start coming in for some reason. And then because they see him with a gun, they just gun him down, even though he hasn't pointed it at them at all he's running from them and they tell pierce like oh there was nothing we could do he went crazy and it's like okay so but that's once again that's a lie but i mean we know this this is the same cops that gunned down edgerson in the parking lot you know and um, they also shot him in the shoulder and he immediately died which i thought was odd mm, depends how close because he could have been like right above the heart and he could bled out real quick you know it was it was seconds. They like panned down to him and he's just lifeless. Um, I thought they shot him more than once, but maybe I'm just mis misremembering. Um, the let me see what it was. Where did he pull out the bug from? Was it his car or was it already? It was the- the, it was it was like a a chair outside of the of his friend's house. Damn, those cops are thorough. Yeah, no, they they really got in there. Um, they are good. Yeah, and then uh, the him running, him running away scene was actually kind of funny. I thought that was funny. Like he found he finds the bug. Obviously, he says verbally he's found the bug, so the cops know that he's found the bug, and they move in, and he starts running down the field. I don't know. It was. In the wide open, in the, it's kind of comical. Like there just, was nothing stopping them from just running him over. I like how they all got up and just started like pointing their guns. Yeah. So after this, we get a really a bunch of stuff that leads up to the the what for me is the hardest scene to watch. So um, Pope kind of is is kind of like fucking with the mom, the grandma, and Jay tells him to relax and stop. So Pope chases him, but chases him right into Guy Pierce. Right. And the grandma's like, hey, just, just go with him. Cause she's worried what Pope will do to him, you know, because it's funny, like how they're able to establish that Ben Mendelssohn is kind of menacing and everyone's scared of him, even though he's kind of like structurally the smallest of them. Like there's nothing imposing about him physically. Right. Like in real life, the dude that plays Craig could absolutely kick his fucking ass. The dude who plays Jay could fucking kick his ass. Jay for sure. I'd take Darren. Honestly, I'd maybe take Jackie Weaver. (laughs) So he goes to the second interrogation, doesn't say a word. Pierce is like, oh, is it because your lawyer's here? He's like, the lawyer's like, yep, I told him not to talk. But then the lawyer still thinks like he's a liability. He tells him he's like, you know, the peer said something like, oh, you talked a lot more during your first one. And he's like, I'm pretty sure that was just for my benefit, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you can trust him. And this is like what 
really makes Pope paranoid. And then after this, like Pope talks shit to Darren. He's like, you need to tell him to break up with her. So Darren's like, hey, break up with your girlfriend. And she like walks out and interrupts them. She's like, oh, Danielle wants to talk to you. He's like, okay, well, I'm in the middle of something. She's like, well, I don't understand. Danielle really wants to talk to you. And we're all like, who the fuck is Danielle? Like, get out of here. And yeah. so then he goes to break up with her. And at the same time, Guy Pierce shows up. Guy Pierce is showing up a lot. I don't really understand why you can can keep interrogating this guy. I don't understand Australian laws that well. Um, this is like the moment where Guy Pierce actually sort of like, it's not like a bad guy, right? But it does seem like he's like going above his authority, being like, hey, I'll just arrest you. And he's like, for what? And he's like, I don't you know, I'm just going to fucking arrest you. So this is at the bowling alley, right? Because this is, yeah. this is Darren has told Jay to break up with his girlfriend. They go to the bowling alley. Jay sits her down, actually breaks up with her. And she's upset. And it's this weird thing. I This is what I don't get. And this is kind of where I'm like, is the girl just dumb? The girl's dumb, right? Because she sees Guy Pierce approach them and sit down. And at that moment, I think she knows who he is, right? I mean, why wouldn't you be like, who the fuck is this old man sitting down? Like, do you know him, Jay? Right? No. Really? She like gets up. She's upset. He just broke up with her. She's like, fuck off. Bye-bye. She goes away. Guy Pierce is like, hey, let's step outside. Right. You have this whole scene where Guy Pierce is like, hey, get in the car. Let's go to this like second location. And I was like, all right. Jay's totally dead. Like Guy Pierce is corrupt. Or at least the cop that was in the passenger seat of Guy Pierce's car is corrupt or something is fucking going to happen. Right. They get to this like motel. For some reason, he sleeps over there. All right. Cut. Now we're back at the the Cody's house, right? And the girlfriend walks in. Yeah. And the girlfriend is like, Oi, mate, is Jay here? You know? And verbatim. I know. A beautiful Australian accent, right? Um, he's like, is she she's like, is Jay here? And obviously the two people that you do not want to be left alone with is Darren and um, Pope. And, uh, just Pope. And uh, they're like, no, he's not here. But like, why don't you come in? And you can see the how absolutely terrified and uncomfortable Darren is. The moment. Well, this, yeah, I mean, he tries to get her to leave. And. He's like, oh, I'm doing some heroin. Do you want it? And like, as we find out later, this is like a hot shot that was purposely going to try and kill her with it. Although he then strangles her. So maybe it wasn't. But Darren the whole time is like, oh, please stop. What are you doing? And this like firmly establishes how much of a little bitch Darren is. Also, second animalistic scene that I wanted to bring up. When he kills her? It's this thing where it's this power thing like like you were about to talk about where he's basically pope is in 100% control of the situation and like you said physically darren could probably stop him in a split second and but everything is just verbal he's stop please stop stop it stop it stop it but he does absolutely nothing physically to stop pope through from like a he threw like a paper wrapper at him. It just didn't, oh, didn't yeah. work. You know? Okay. Good job. This, I found the scene a lot more 
harder to deal with even on second watch but the first time i saw it i was just like no no dude stop what are you doing don't and then she dies and i'm just like you know she is completely innocent right she yeah. just got wrapped up in this we've met her family as you said and you're like they purposely we meet her little brother we meet her dad we meet the mom they all seem like cool people um and yeah that is the most impactful scene to me um it sucks every time i expected it from pope so that's why i wasn't that irritated with pope i was like ah this is pope just being pope killing a killing a girl right i was so all my anger all my frustration was to darren i was just like you biggest fucking pussy i'm like i I was just angry at him the entire time i was like i hope you fucking die (laughs) because he just fucking stood there he could have stopped it dude and he just like it was all my frustration was on him but now since the worst of the worst has happened in this movie the best fucking part happens now and it's the rest of the movie the rest of the movie goes from 1 to 11 so quick and it's just like I just found myself completely hooked from like from that moment to 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 the end of the film. Um, and that is when Jay comes home after being with the cop and after having that conversation with Guy Pierce outside the motel, right? Where he's he's weak, he's not strong, he's not protected, or he's protected by this family, but now they're gone and now he's weak. Yep. He gets to the house and I kind of forget a hundred percent how this kind of lays out but well, he as- he he gets to the house and they're like where have you been and he's like i've been with nikki which is his girlfriend and pope immediately knows that's a lie right so uh-huh. pope's on like all right okay so now i i 100 can't trust you anymore he lets him go lay down and he goes to lay down and then he's like you know where the fuck he just he kind of he hears pope talking about him on the phone and he's like oh you know they're they're talking about jay and he's like oh that's fucking weird and this i think is a weird cut because it goes from him like yeah he's here yeah he just got here he's asleep to jay going outside for some reason and investigating and finding the bracelet yeah i I don't know if jay's at this point a little bit paranoid that he met with the cop and it's like the conversation he had with guy pierce is like taking heart he's like oh maybe i should why was he why was he roaming the house for clues (laughs) like he doesn't even know i didn't feel like i didn't feel like he was roaming the house for clues i thought he was leaving and he just so happens to see the bracelet on the ground and then he he recognizes it as nikki's obviously and he calls her and i was like no this is so cool i was like i was like no way are we gonna get this like quick of instant gratification and we do. He calls her and we hear her cell phone ringing. And I don't know even how he made the connection so fast because then you see Ben Middleson uh, walk out. They lock eyes. They both hear her phone ringing. And then it just, boom, goes into a chase. So I think I took it as Ben Middleson had the phone, right? And he like came out and saw that Jay was the one calling it. And he's like, but maybe he just 
it was there too. I, it doesn't really matter. I thought to it me, was but... on her. I thought it was on her body, and he just dumped her body like a after few, this, a few feet over. Well, yeah. eventually he dumped it somewhere else, but you may be right. Um, yeah, no, that is a great scene. Um, he chases him. Jay, one thing Jay is good at. <laughs> Jay, Jay's not a Jay. Jay's character development is he is a gazelle. Really fucking fast. He can run and he can outrun lions. I don't know if gazelles can outrun lions. He's a runner. He's a track star. He's a runner. So he cannot be caught once he gets going. And then his character development is at the end, he turns into a lion um, through some sort of metamorphosis, I believe. Very good. Kafka-esque. Yes. Um, what did you think about the crying scene? Right, the crying scene. Um, I... For people who are just listening, I just put my hands up to my eyes and did like a crying motion. Um, as the uh, as opposed to the people who are watching this, <laughs> yeah, you. Um, <laughs> so this is kind of where I think, um, not only is Jay the character really being developed and and having his arc right before our very eyes, but I think this is why they chose this actor and i would have loved to see the audition room to to be like what did they tell him to do in the audition that were like okay you are our j for this movie and i wonder if it was this scene or if i wonder if they just told him just to do a crying scene because he walks he he runs all the way to his girlfriend's house I'm, i'm not quite sure how it has to be some distance because by the time Pope gets the address from Darren and then drives all the way there, um, Jay has time to talk to his dad, go to the bathroom, go into the car, you know, everything like that. So he runs all the way to his girlfriend's house. He puts on this like uh, false sense of, you know, everything's fine. Talks to the dad. Um, establishes that Nikki is not home. He goes to the bathroom. He sees all of Nikki's stuff. And that's kind of where it hits him. Like she's, she's dead. And I think this is one of the most depressing parts is where he has to take in. This is like, this is her stuff. I mean, it's his girlfriend, but this is just a girl. This is just like a little girl with like her messy ass toothbrush and her, you know, shirt hanging over the bathtub and like this is her and now she's gone like this is the last few things she did before she died and he takes us all in and he just fucking cries and he spits and i've never seen someone cry with so much saliva coming out of his mouth but it was so raw um so i I was like i really appreciated him as an actor when i saw that and then he uh he swallows it right he goes back out, talks to her dad and is like, Hey, I really need a ride somewhere just to, right. cause he knows that Pope is coming. Yeah. And he, I, I do like that. He does that seemingly to protect them. Right. Cause he yeah. can just run. Um, but he didn't, he didn't swallow his spit. I think he wiped it off on the towel. So. He swallowed his emotions. <laughs> Very good. Um, he does get the call too from Darren and Darren's like, Pope is on the way. Get the fuck out of here. Which is at least like the one good thing Darren does is like warn him. Um, 
I really like the shot of them backing out of the driveway in the garage, like so slowly, so calmly. And like, as the audience, like, get the fuck out of there. What are you doing? Okay. And so then- did you think that, 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 uh, Pope's car was going to come out of nowhere when they're backing out and like T-bow them, T-bone them? I, I think that's what they're trying to go for. And then that doesn't happen. You're like, okay, they made it. And then it comes off a different side street, like right after, I think that was really smartly done. Um, but then because he hits them and the way the cars hit Pope is just sort of stuck in the car. And I like that. He's like, just keeps trying to open his car door. He doesn't like, Oh, I can crawl to the other side. He's just like, now let me just keep doing this. And once again, Jay's really fast. So he gets away and he immediately calls guy Pierce and is like, all right, I'm ready to talk. And it's like, if Pope had just not been so paranoid, if he had not killed Nikki, if he had just trusted that Jay was telling him the truth, none of this would have happened. Oh, like he called his, he caused his own downfall with his paranoia, which is like just classic movie stuff right there for you. Yeah, but it's done in such a way and it establishes this character that Pope is so well that it, it doesn't seem contrived at all because it's just, it's exactly someone, something, some one his, of his character would, would do. I really like the montage after this. You know, it starts with showing uh, Nikki's body and then like showing uh, Darren and um, Pope getting arrested and the- <laughs> The mom just sitting there, like dunking the tea bag into her tea as she's on the phone, just like not a care in the world. And that's kind of when you can know she's a little bit badass that she's just like, all right, th- this will be fine. Um, and then she goes to see them in prison. You know, Jay is basically in witness protection and she goes to see them in prison. And this is where, like, the scene where you're like, oh, Pope does not respect his mom the way the others do. He doesn't see her as the leader. Um, and so he tells her basically to fuck off, get us out of prison because she's like, hey, protect Darren in here because Darren's a little bitch. And he's like, nah, you need to get us out. Um, and then this is where the turn happens, right? She goes to the lawyer and is like, Jay's got to go. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? He's in witness protection. She's like, well, here's the address. Jay's got to go. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. And the lawyer's like, well, we're still working on this. And she's like, nah. Gotta go. And the next scene is with the drug cop that we met earlier. And this is like, this is the reel that they show at the Oscars for her. Like this scene where she's like, you know, don't think you're doing me a favor and don't think I'm blackmailing you. We're just all in a bad spot and you need to take care of this because this kid knows who you are. Yeah. My favorite line of that scene is when she goes, um, but really, what do I know about any of this? This is really your profession. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she's oh, great. Man, it's so great. Ugh, amazing. And then the raid on the house. And the, these three guys, I don't know what these three guys are because they just came in like, oh, dude, those are six cops. And it's like, well, aren't you cops? Like, what do you mean? I don't understand. And why wouldn't you just come out and be like, hey, we're cops. You're cops. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, you're talking you're talking about the the witness protection house. Right. Yeah. There's three guys in there that are probably cops. 
saying, oh shit, these are six cops. And the only explanation that makes sense is they're like, this isn't six cops. These are six dirty cops. You know what I mean? That are coming in here and like, basically everyone knows that this entire fucking police force is dirty except for Guy Pierce. Even the cop, even the witness protection cops were like, fuck dude, I'm going to shoot him myself if this means an yep. all out war. And I love Jay hearing this just <laughs> dips out the back. Because one thing Jay can do is fucking run. He's like, dude, that scene where he comes out of the corner of the house. First of all, why wouldn't you just come out of the house and then immediately jump over the fence that's right there? Whatever. So he rounds the corner of the house and he meets the cop, like the main dirty cop. And then before he could even lift his gun, Jay's already like over the fence. It, it reminded me of like a, a more athletic version of um, Shaun of the Dead. And then I guess they kind of mimic that in Hot Fuzz. Like, you know how they try to jump over the fences? <laughs> and then all the fences just fall. Yeah. Um, so Jay then goes to the grandma and, she's, and he's like, hey, uh, you know, set up a meeting with the lawyer. Um, I'm going to get Pope out. And so he goes to the meeting with the lawyer we've met and then a female lawyer whose name we don't get, but she's sort of now the one in charge of this. And he's like, I'm not going home. Um, it's not, I'm not safe there. And I want to meet at the museum. Cause basically he wants to meet at the museum cause he doesn't trust the grandma and the grandma's trying to convince him. And then the, the, the female lawyer is just like, Hey, this is fine. If, if this is what Jay wants this is what Jay wants. Now let's just talk about what we can do. And she's like, the way this works is there's all of this is is built on witnesses. And from what I've looked at, the star witness is Jay. We'll destroy Jay with his help, and then they'll go free. Um, and I think that's like that's obviously a cool scene. And then we get uh, back at witness protection, and uh, Jay goes back to witness protection, and Pierce is there. And this is like I talked about earlier, but Guy Pierce is basically like. Oh, you know, it was just a mix up. You're not in danger. It was just a mistake. And it's like, man, you're so fucking naive. Like, how do you not know how this is working? The characters that are like cool, calm and collective are the characters that I get scared of the most in this movie. And there's nothing cool about the the lawyer. He's kind of a, a idiot, dork, a twat, if you will. Um, and then, you know, Craig, um, it's kind of this, kind of this bull in a, in a China shop sort of guy, also an idiot. Um, but characters like Pope and the mom are terrifying, but it does not compare to how absolutely scared I was for Jay of that female lawyer. <laughs> She's going to eat his heart out. And I was just like, why don't we know who she is? Is she a partner of this like corrupt law firm? Is she the, the lawyer's wife, girlfriend? Like what part does she play? What's her name? We know nothing about her. But the fact that she was just like going through the questioning being like, is, was Nikki a, a drug user? And he's like, yep. And he's, she's like, okay, listen, this is me talking. Was she really? He was like, no. He's like, okay, that's okay to say. I was like, dude, 
this lawyer is fucking going to get him off like, or get Pope and, and Darren off. Like, holy shit. Out of prison. Yes. <laughs> I, um, well, I, I agree with you on that. And, and as we talked about in a lot of these movies, and I consider this like a, a little bit of a smaller movie as well. Um, one thing they do is like the, it's in, this does it really well is it builds out this really large world, but doesn't, tell you all the details about it right so it's like how did the mom get the witness protection thing so she has to have these a bunch of these other people working for her i guess right who is this lawyer who is this female lawyer like you know is how big is this whole operation because it felt really small and then in the end you're like oh wow this seems a lot bigger like you're you're saying it felt like just the family. Yeah, initially. Like the mom and the four kids and they they rob banks, right? Initially, but then, you know, and they have this one lawyer who advises them on illegal shit. But then they bring in this other female lawyer. And then the fact that the mom was able to get the the address, right? It's like, all right. Like who's funding this? Who 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 cares enough for for these for this family to do all this for? Yeah. Right. So, and this movie cost 5 million Australian estimated. Is it is it just in a matter of like um I almost want to say they have some sort of mob ties or like maybe it's not called the mob in Australia but some sort of like larger organized crime and they're just like a small faction of this and like the lawyer and the dirty cops all like work for the the big dog you know I mean, potentially, and that's that's what I like. It's like the movie's very contained, but then you can see that there might be these other things, right? Um, so after this, we get the Jay is basically going to testify, and then it's sort of a flashback of him being prepped. And I was curious. The only thing I was curious about this part, you talked about the the female lawyer and 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 her questioning and how good she was, and he asked the grandma to go get them a drink. Yeah. And I thought it was because, like, does he not want the grandma to hear something? Or, like, it, it, what was that doing in the movie? And it felt, like, kind of unexplored. Are you asking me or are you going to come up with an answer right now? No, I'm asking, did you did you oh, notice it or did you not? I thought it was going to be something like, hey, grandma, can you go get us a drink? She's like, sure. And then she leaves and he turns to the lawyer and he's like, okay, listen, I know what's up. Like, I know you guys want to off me. I know that I'm your biggest liability, but let me just, like, I thought he was going to turn the tables or something. And this never happened. So now we basically get to the whole end of the movie. And I think this, all of this is so like expertly done. They don't show the testimony, which is key. It's very good to just skip that. He goes to his car or he goes to like the car with the cops. The one officer like pulls the gun on him and clicks it right like pulls the trigger but it's not there's not one in the chamber so he didn't shoot him he's just fucking with him jay shows no reaction and throughout this movie you're like dude this kid has no emotion whatsoever and so that's what this is but it's not because then after that we get guy pierce like hey have you figured out where you fit in this world nothing doesn't say a word to him uh goes home right after a little bit goes to grandma's house and says hey i want to come home she's happy to see him pope is happy 
happy to see him. It's Darren's fake, happy it's to see him. fake happiness though, right? Like I didn't buy that she was actually happy to see him. Or is is all the heat gone because they're out of jail? Absolutely. Everything's water under the bridge for him because they're like, we didn't trust you. And that was wrong. We should have ultimately trusted you because of what you just did. He goes to lay down, acts like nothing's happening. I love when Pope walks in and his eyes just open. And then he barely lets get Pope get a word out. And the way it's shot of just seeing Pope's body at, or like laying at the end of the, or sitting at the end of the bed as Jay's laying there, we don't even see Jay. And he's like, gets two words out and he just fucking shoots him. And the and blood then, splatter on the mattress behind him. And then he walks out. The grandma's like, what the fuck happened? And he just hugs her. And when I first saw this, I was like, is he choking her to death? <laughs> <laughs> but he just hugs her and just like, comforts her right which is something he hasn't done and then he looks out at darren and he's like you're now my bitch and all of this is me like you know what i mean like you all answer to me now basically and like i think that's one way you could see it you could see it another way of him just getting revenge but you also like i mean yeah i just think it's it's so well done that ending so I love that that's your perspective of the ending. So now I'm going to give my perspective of the ending because it's a little bit different. All right. Um, first of all, the two, the two words that he lets Ben Mendelsohn get in are this world is nuts. And then he shoots them. And I love that he lets, he lets him say, he's like, hey, Jay, listen. This world is nuts. Boom. Right. And it's, it is, it's crazy. Um, and I love that. My God, I thought it was just a great, I'm like, what is he going to say? This world is nuts. And then he shoots him. Cause you know, this world is nuts. And he comes out, he puts the gun down. And I was like, dude, don't put the gun down, but he puts the gun down. And then the grandma is just like, uh, and he hugs her and she's just like stunned. Like her arms never come into a full embrace. She's just like frozen. Um, and he, and he hugs her. And so when he turns to Darren, I didn't feel like, Hey, Darren, you're my bitch now. And there was like this fear from Darren. I almost saw like a relief from Darren and his turn and his look to Darren, I, I thought was more like, a, like, we're, we're free. Like, you're free now. Like, that's how I took it. Yeah, maybe. And that's like, I think probably the first and couple times I saw this, that's the way I saw it. I think this way, this time I saw it like slightly differently. But I think either of those is like an acceptable interpretation. <laughs> They kept saying throughout the film that Darren and him are very close in age to the point where him calling him uncle is is very odd. Um, and I felt like because they were close in age that they had the most commonality, that both of them weren't, weren't really built for this like world that his uncles and his grandma put forth for them. And so for I, I just thought that it was cool that Darren was the last one alive being like, look, I've I've made it real easy for you. 
Like you can just leave. There's nothing keeping you here anymore, you know, which is probably something you never wanted anyways. Um, right. And I'm not saying necessarily that he was like, all right, well now I, you know, I control you, but basically he was saying like, I'm the alpha of this. Like I am the, I thought that's what he was saying when he was holding the grandmother so tight. Like, yeah. And the other thing too, is that kind of, the fact that he was in witness protection, one you could say is because he's like, he doesn't trust the witness protection anymore because he's like, they got to the cops that could get to me. But the fact that he formulated this plan basically of like, I'm going to get Pope out and then I'm going to fucking kill him myself. Yeah. You know, that lends to the credence of like, all right, well now this criminal enterprise is kind of mine. Well, I mean, then you can even look farther back on like the whole reason he decided to meet with the lawyer and, and, make his case fall apart was to get Pope out to lead to the fact that to, to kill him from the very beginning, like that could have been in his right. head well, for a long he's time. Like, he's like, you know, if, if I'm going to testify against him, they're going to keep trying to kill me up until then, but I can't just testify for him because of this guy's crazy. So eventually he's going to think I'm untrustworthy again and kill me. So I have to get him off and then kill him. Um, For a guy who doesn't look like he could play simple chess, this guy was thinking like a hundred moves ahead of his entire family. Absolutely. Um, So that's, I I really like the ending of this movie. I I thought it was great. Uh, Really depressing movie with, with certain deaths in this film, but I think, to to really like close this movie out um how they did that is just kind of just really good and 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 i and i like the whole thing i really did from from start to finish even though there was a couple of slow moments i really like this film yeah and one tiny scene we skipped over at the end is the supermarket where she basically goes up to guy pierce to kind of gloat and Guy oh, Pierce yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. Guy Pierce is like, don't fucking talk to me. And he's like, you're basically, he was like, you're going to get yours. And I think you even know you're going to get yours. And she's like, I don't know that. And I, I brought that up one, because it's just like another dynamite scene from her. And also, so she was nominated, right? Yeah. She was nominated against Melissa Leo in the fighter, Amy Adams in the fighter, Helena Bonham Carter in the King's speech and Haley Steinfeld in true grit. I really would have been happy if she won this, if Jackie Weaver won this. I don't know how many other opportunities she'll get. Um, I think Melissa Leo's character in The Fighter should not have won. Haley Steinfeld I would have been happy with. She was pretty great in that. But I also think, how is that a supporting actress, right? She's like the main fucking character of that movie. Supporting to Jeff Bridges. Yeah, but they're like co-mains of that. It's only, it's like, that's category fraud. Let me tell you. So (laughs) Amy Adams... I, I guess, but Melissa Leo, no, you you didn't deserve that. Jackie Weaver deserved that. I don't think I've ever seen the fighter. That is that with Mickey Rourke. That's the wrestler. Oh, you're, you're is that with Christian Bale? Uh, yes, Christian Bale, but the lead is Mark Wahlberg. Okay, so I I haven't I haven't seen that or the wrestler. Have you seen the? Have you, <laughs> I was about to ask. <laughs> um, as I said, I love this movie too, uh, and I'm glad you finally watched it. I agree. Uh, has some depressing parts, but overall, I think it's like a pretty like masterful movie that really holds up. 
12 years later. So thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Animal Kingdom.